بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتون إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد there's a companion by the name of Urwa ibn Mas'ud al-Thaqafi and at the, after his name, Athaqafi means that he's from Banu Thaqif. He, and Thaqif to the city of Ta'if was like Quraysh to the city of Mecca. So he, he's coming from that background. In addition to that, he was a diplomat on the side of Quraysh at the time of the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. So he was not from Quraysh, but they brought him in to help them in their efforts because he, he was an expert in certain things. So there's a reason why they basically brought him in on their behalf to negotiate with Prophet Muhammad and, and the Muslims at the time of Hudaybiyah. Now notice something. After that incident, after that incident, he went back to his people telling them, I have been, firsthand, I have been to the, the kings of the Romans and the Persians and the Abyssinians. But I've never seen anyone more beloved by his people than Muhammad by his people, by his companion If he commands them to do something, they do it with no hesitation. And even after he makes wudu, they want the remainder of the water. While he's making wudu, they, if they can get their hands on some drops, then they're, they're more than happy to do so. Because of what he saw, now this was organic interaction. They were not putting on a show because he was there. They were just living their 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 day-to-day -day lives as they normally would with the Prophet ﷺ. He was deeply impacted by that. And he noticed how much they loved this person ﷺ. That impacted him to the point that he not only became Muslim because of what he saw during that, that narrow time frame of that negotiation at the time of Hudaybiyah. It wasn't just that he became Muslim. He went back to his people in Ta'if. We know what happened just a couple years before when the Prophet went to Ta'ab sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He was chased out with rocks and stones and bleeding and that was how he was treated. So clearly Islam isn't really, you know, the, 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 the coolest thing to follow in that place at that time to say the least. He notices how much they love the Prophet. It impacts him to the point where he becomes Muslim and he goes back to his people encouraging them to become Muslim as well. And they hated that he was doing that so much that they actually killed him. They actually killed him. What was it that affected him so much? What was it that affected him so much? It was love. It was the love that the Prophet had for his companions and the love that they had for him. Look at the, the, the hadith of when the Prophet, when he's speaking to Muhadh ibn Jabal, who's decades younger than the Prophet but the Prophet never fell for the trap of ageism. He didn't look down on him just because he was younger than him. Rather, he lifted him up even though he was younger than him. Imagine the Prophet telling you this. He tells Mu'adh, Mu'adh, wallahi, I love you. And he repeats it, Mu'adh, wallahi, I love you. And I sincerely advise you, right, after every prayer, to say, Allahumma a'anni ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husni ibadatik. But look at what he, he didn't just go and tell Mu'adh, say this and that's it. Very cold, just do this. It wasn't that. He sets the stage, he, he warms the heart up a little bit. And he tells Mu'adh, I love you. 
Not once, more than once, sallallahu alayhi wa So when you look at this dynamic, and you look at why they love the Prophet so much, the, the best thing that we can try to do is to go through the life of the Prophet, not once or twice, but, but time and time again, and to reflect and to think about who was this person, sallallahu alayhi wa who, do we truly appreciate who the Prophet was, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Are we trying to appreciate who the Prophet was, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Aside from what, what he taught Mu'adh to say after every prayer, there's another, uh, uh, another dua the Prophet taught us to make also after every prayer, which many, if not all of us, are familiar with. Allahumma anta salam wa minka salam tabarak al jalali wal ikram. I want to focus on the first part of that. Oh Allah, you are the source of peace. Allahumma anta salam. And from you comes peace. Allahumma anta salam wa minka salam. jalali wal ikram. If we want to have peace in our homes, if we want to have peace in our homes, in our houses, then how can we leave Allah's house hanging? We want to, if we want to increase the peace in our homes, especially these days when it's extra challenging, we don't want to give to Allah's house, but then we want the same Allah to give us peace in our house. We have to do our part. We have to step up to the plate as best we can. Everyone has different circumstances. But we, we should think deeply, when we say this after prayer, what are we really saying? Oh Allah, you are the source of peace. If there's any peace or happiness that we experience, it's from Allah. Allah is the original source of it. So we have to ask ourselves, how much do we truly want that peace in our homes that should be reflected in terms of how, of, in terms of how we treat Allah's house. فِي بُيُوتٍ أَذِنَ اللَّهُ أَن تُرْفَعَ The masjid is about Allah Azza wa Jal. It's not about me or you or anyone. It's not about us, it's about Allah. In addition to that, it's about the youth and the next generation and the next generation. Times are only getting harder for everyone, for people, but especially for the youth as it relates to hanging on to their deen. How many parents are, are, are worried sick in their hearts because their teenagers have left Islam? There's a need. The masjid is supposed to be a hospital. Where do you think those parents, where, where are they going to see comfort and solace when struggling with that? The masjid. What is their deepest desire at that point? Do you think they care about Harvard, Princeton for their kids? No. Ya Allah, I just want my kid to come back to Islam. The pulse of the community is the house of Allah. This is the heartbeat for the community. The Prophet focused on the, the masjid in Medina before anything else. The first project that he started was the masjid in Medina sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He stayed with Abu Ayyub al-Ansari and in the meantime priority number 1 is the masjid sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So if we truly love the prophet, think of the example of Urwa bin Mas'ud al-Thaqafi. Do we love the prophet? What was the main impact the Quran had on the prophet in Ramadan? He gave more and he gave more and he gave more. He was already the most generous of people. But he gave even more in Ramadan. Why? Because of the Qur'an. I cannot claim to be a person of Qur'an if I'm extremely stingy. I cannot claim to be a person of Iman if I'm, complete, if, if, if I'm just completely stingy. I can't. It's a false claim. It is literal hypocrisy. But then we have the opposite side. Abu Bakr gave, Allah elevated him. Umar gave, Allah elevated him. Uthman gave, Allah elevated him. Ali gave, Allah elevated him. We have to ask ourselves, Whose sunnah do we want to follow? The sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ or the sunnah of shaitan? The sunnah of Iblis? The path of Iblis? It's binary. Do we want the one or the zero? We can claim we love the Prophet, but 
We need to practically live that as best we can. Allah tells us in Surah Al-Baqarah Remember me and I'll remember you Be grateful and don't be ungrateful when it comes to remembering Allah, it's not just when, when times are good, as important as that is, but it's also when times are difficult. Allah tells us, remember me and I'll remember you. We're, we're, we're the ones profiting from that. Allah doesn't need us for anything, but we need Allah for everything. So we should make dua, we should make dua, we should make dua and ask Allah, take action as best we can and have good intentions as best we can, but we also need to make sure to make dua, to call upon Allah and he will respond. Allah knows the details, but we have to try our best. Our, our beloved brother Basit, his, his, I mentioned it a few weeks ago, his, his uncle has been in the hospital due to COVID-19. Uh, uncle Najm, we ask Allah to grant him shifat, we ask Allah to heal him, we ask Allah to heal him completely and to leave no trace of any illness behind Amir Rabbil Alameen. His situation is very dire, it's very difficult. Please make dua for him, not just now, but even afterwards when you're driving home, when you're going to... Wherever else it is that you have to go to, don't forget to make dua for him as well as the sick in general during that time. We ask Allah to heal anyone who's sick and we ask Allah to protect anyone who's healthy. We ask Allah to increase, to increase all of us in our love for the Prophet, not just in terms of knowledge, but also in terms of practice. We ask Allah to help us to follow in the footsteps of the Prophet by being generous, by being generous, not just in general, but especially in terms of supporting Allah's house. We ask Allah to help us to do what we can. We ask Allah to help us to give what we can. We ask Allah to accept it from us and to give us at least 700 times in return in this life and in the next. We ask Allah for that incredible, massive gift. Amin Rabbil Alameen. Subhana Rabbika Rabbil Izzati Amma Yasifun wa Salamun ala al-Mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa Aqam as